The Michael K. Show. The Yankees are still in on Blake Snell. I don't think they are. I just don't think that they're going to invest $35 million a year for a short-term contract in Blake Snell. I just don't think that they will. Do I say it's impossible? No, it's not impossible, but it doesn't make sense. And the longer spring training goes on without Montgomery or Snell signed, you're getting a compromised pitcher for the beginning of the season. You're getting a pitcher who's going to hurry his way through preparing for the season in order to not miss opening day or not miss that much time. Then you're getting a pitcher like you got with Carlos Rodon, who got hurt in spring training, then rushed, and then really got himself hurt and ended up missing half the season. I just can't see it. The Michael K Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so a very busy weekend. NBA All-Star weekend. Um, Saturday night was fun with Sabrina against Steph and the three-point contest awesome. and a watered-down dunk contest and the skills. It, it was you, you sit in front of your TV mindlessly for four or five hours, and, and it's kind of fun if you're a basketball fan. Sunday is an insult to your senses. And, you know, we're supposed to come on the air and, and give you some solution. I don't know what the solution is. I don't think money would be the solution to make it better. I just don't think the players care. The, the players play hard. This is an exhibition game. They're not going to play defense. They're not going to bust it to try to win the game. It just doesn't matter. People said, well, they should have one country against, you know, United States players against the world. That wouldn't do it either. It just wouldn't. The players just don't look. This doesn't count for anything. It doesn't count toward getting a championship. It doesn't count for them going to the playoffs. It doesn't count. And if it doesn't count, even if they put money attached to it, I I, I just they'll play. If you say each player got five hundred thousand dollars if they win, they'll play hard for the last ten minutes of the game. The rest of the game is going to be like it was alley oops, long seventy feet outlet passes. It's a joke. I wish I could solve it for you. I don't think there's a solution. And the dunk contest is the same thing. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. Nobody wants to go out there. Stephen A. today on his show said he blames LeBron because LeBron would never do it, and that made it uncool. If LeBron had done it the way Michael Jordan did it, the way that Dominique Wilkins did it, the way that Larry Nance did it, then it was a cool thing to do. So other players wanted to do it. Vince Carter did it. It was cool. There's nobody cool anymore that's doing it. Mac McClung, it's a nice story, but he's a, he's a G League player. For the record, though, it's more than a nice story with McClung. Let me just say this. I don't even really know the story. It's he's he, His dunks are amazing. Like, they he's are. Also, he, but he's, he's, not a great, he's not a famous player. No, he's not a famous player, but I will say this. I, I just don't want to give him short shrift in the sense that McClung blows my mind in terms of how quickly he makes his dunks, Michael. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, missing four times. And he's actually creative with the different dunks he's coming up with. So... I do think there is room to have someone like him, a no-name guy like a Mac McClung in there, if you also had the name guys there. But I will push back. Is it really with LeBron that it started? Kobe never did it. Right. I mean, if we were to really look back, I'm going to look this up right now. Dunk contest by year. If we were to... Kobe, maybe Kobe did do it once when he was a kid. He did. Kobe did it when he was super young. But, like, did anyone continue to do this? I mean, the last famous Vince Carter won in 2000. Kobe won in 97. Dwight Howard was a Dwight huge Howard. star when he did it. I, I didn't know, but I, I yeah. He did I the just thought Superman that was so, dunk. That, that was big. That got a lot of traction. It There's did. I like that now. I wasn't and the one Dwight famous Howard. guy they had, Peter, they gave him a, a free trip to the finals. He didn't deserve it. Jay John Brown Wall. Didn't have a great dunk. John Wall did it in 2014. Yeah, you're talking 10 years ago. Donovan Mitchell did it in 2018. 
was not a huge star yet. Um, I didn't like the Dwight Howard one because he's seven feet tall. It just doesn't. Don, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't work for me. <laughs> I, I appreciate him being in the dunk contest, but yeah, there's a big gap there between Vince Carter in 2000 and then Dwight Howard in 2008. You know. You got Nate Robinson, Josh Smith, Gerald Green. These are just not a lot of big players. But there are so many gaps like that. I mean, even between, I feel bad that I mentioned Kobe because I shouldn't forget that Kobe did in 97. Now, again, Kobe in 97, guys, it's not the same as Kobe in 03. So it's the very beginning. But between Dominique Wilkins in 1990 and Vince Carter in 2000, with the exception of a very young Kobe Bryant, there's nothing. It's it, it's it's Brent Barry. It's you know it's Harold Miner. It's you amazing know, though. Jordan, Michael Jordan when he was Michael Jordan did it. He had the he guts did. to do it, and you know what? It paid off back for him to because back. it made his brand. I mean, that dunk from the foul line is essentially the logo for the Jordan brand. With his legs splayed and his arms out, that's that's the logo. But I I, I guess my argument is. This has always been kind of an issue. Like, it may be worse now, but it has been an issue. I guess right now is the worst drought we've ever seen in that when you look at a winner, the last now notable winner, like truly notable, it was Donovan Mitchell, who in 2018 wasn't the same thing. And prior to that, Zach Levine, who wasn't the same thing. Like Zach Levine, but Michael, Zach Levine kind of became a star because of the dunk contest. Well, then he turned out to be that. And then he turned out to be a great player afterwards. But there are some I, other names in there, boy. I, I, I also think, Peter, they're running out of great things to do. They're just running out of, I mean, people can't fly. I mean, McClung is like defying the law of physics, but for the most part, you can't really do anything different than they've been doing. They've jumped over cars. They've jumped over shack. They've jumped over two people. I mean, all of that. Yeah, and, you just, you run out and of ideas. And we, we, can, we can complain. Well, that's why I love McClung. We, we, can, we can say whatever we want about the weekend. It's not going away. It's a big deal with sponsors. That's where they take sponsors. They, it makes a lot of money for the, the whole city. It's not going away. Well, you, you say know, you hate you know, it, but it's not going away. Vince... Vince in 2000 beat out Steve Francis. That, that's a pretty good group. You, you know, you don't you don't see a lot of anything resembling that. I will say that, but I don't know. I'm just not as down this weekend as everybody else is. I'm more down on the game on Sunday than I am oh, on the I, dunk contest. I agree because you know what? The three point shooting stuff was great. I don't understand how people players are ashamed if they lose the dunk contest. But the biggest players, the best shooters, they want to be in the three point contest. They just do. Um, sure. One of the funniest lines from the weekend, I don't know if you picked up on this, Peter. Um, you know, LeBron said, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to play, but it's not going to be that long. And he goes, I, I'm debating about, you know, just quitting or doing a farewell tour. He said, because, and this was a quote, I'm not comfortable um, with praise. Really? When he got introduced yesterday, he put a crown on his head. You know, the fake crown. He, he's all about praise. And I love LeBron. But to say you don't want to do a farewell tour because you're not comfortable with praise, come on. You have the king tattooed on your back. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love you, LeBron, but come back to me is what you're saying. It's just, it's just I mean, we, we know what LeBron is. He's, he's the condor. I love him. But to say I'm not comfortable with praise, and when you're introduced, you make believe you're putting a crown because you're the king, That's per, you're praising yourself. So you're pretty comfortable with it. Now let's, let's jump to the NHL. 
great weekend for them. Great weekend. So almost 80,000 yesterday, 70,000 on Saturday for the Flyers and the Devils. So that's 150,000 people at MetLife to see hockey. The game yesterday was scintillating. The, the Rangers fell behind early. Spirited comeback, two power play goals. They pulled the goalie, tied the game. Then they won right at the beginning of overtime. It would The only thing it would have made it better, Don, was if they would have done that silly shootout if it would have been tied at the end of the overtime. <laughs> no, uh, you'd rather see the game end in overtime. I've had it with the shootout. But just uh, there's so many people. And I don't even know how much repeat business you would have gotten because you had Flyers and Devil fans in the building on Saturday. So I think it might have literally been 150,000 different people this weekend going into MetLife Stadium to see it. It was pretty incredible, and I don't know what the split was. It's technically an Islander home game yesterday because the the rules are that the Rangers, because of their lease, can't play a home game anywhere but Madison Square Garden. So the Islanders were the home team. Uh, but you could see there was way more Ranger fans. But the Islanders, I thought, were pretty well represented. I didn't see an empty seat now. It was pretty, pretty incredible atmosphere. It was loud. Uh, I thought the ice stood up. Tons of goals. Tons of opportunities. And, you know, we talked about it with Gary Bettman about the schedule. Give me a break. The Rangers and Islanders hadn't played in almost 14 months. And it wasn't because of some lockout or anything. The last time they played was, was I think, December 20th, 2022, early last season. And their first meeting was for the Rangers 55 games into the season. Come on. I know you want every team to play in every building, but does it make sense for the Rangers and Islanders not to play until late February? Now, I'd like to get your take on this. Uh, I texted Steve Levy during the first period, who did the pre and between periods for ABC. And I said, if I don't get a stadium series hat with the with the pom-pom on it, our friendship is really in danger of ending. Wow. And you know what he wrote back? He said, aggressive. Yeah. I thought he was like, nice knowing you or something. No, he just said aggressive. So I'm assuming he's going to get me one. I was going to ask you, Don, but I didn't see that you had one. I didn't have one. I didn't see access to one. (laughs) Uh, No, I I, I just went about my business. I wasn't thinking about swag. I was thinking about just doing my job. And you know what? You did a great job. No, it was fun. It was just a great game. And the way this... I don't, right now, as presently constituted, I'm not sure this Rangers team can win the Cup, even though they're in first place in the Metropolitan Division, you know, fairly comfortably. But you look at the way Florida is playing, you look at all those really good teams out West. But this team's got heart, man. And I know the Islanders are a mess right now with their penalty kill, but you, you said you watched that whole game, Michael. You never got a sense the Rangers were winning that game. You know, uh, outside of the first goal, they give up three goals in three minutes and 16 seconds. They're down 3-1. They're down 4-1. They're down 5-2. Like, it never felt like they were going to do it. And I then thought there ju- was a chance, Don, that he was going to pull Igor. I really did. I thought there was a chance. Especially when yeah. he called the timeout. I said, wow, I wonder if he's going to pull Igor, but he didn't. Yeah, he did, and he stuck with him. And, and that ended up being the right move. He gives up the early goal in the third period but then on the power play, but then uh, he comes together, made some big saves, and allowed the Rangers to come back. But that's the kind of heart that this team has. You, you don't want to play with fire like that, but in, a, in that kind of an atmosphere, never say die. That's a nice asset to have for this team. Uh, they're going to have to make a deal, especially with the Blake Wheeler injury, and I think Chris Drury will. But... The idea that they had a desperate Islander team that really outplayed the Rangers at times pretty aggressively. The ice was tilted. For them to still find a way to be able to keep this winning streak alive, now seven. They've got Dallas tomorrow. Dallas just played this afternoon, lost in a shootout to Boston, and and Dallas is shorthanded. 
Um, and then you've got uh, the Devils and the Flyers and the Blue Jackets to close out the week. I think the Rangers, uh, they're, they've really turned it around. They really feel like a, like a team that's got a chance here. They just got to make the right deal at the deadline before March 8th if All they're right. really going to be there and win a cup. All right, you got to help me out. So I'm watching the game. Maybe I, you know, there's a lot of noise in the house. I'm not sure I heard everything that Sean said. So right at the beginning, the rookie that just got called up gets into a brawl with Matt Martin. Yes, what was Matt that Rempe. about? What was I it guess about? He, I guess, well, listen, he's making his NHL debut. Right. He's 6'8", which is pretty incredible. And he's the first ever player to make his debut in an outdoor game. You know, and, give and up he's, the a, he's a brawler, right? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's a he's a he's a fourth line. He's a, he's a grinder. He only had, I think, twelve points in forty eight games in Hartford, so he's not a scorer by any stretch. But you know, Matt Martin is what he is. He's he's more of a complete player, certainly, um, than Rempe at, at this stage of his career. But you know, just it was right off the face off. I get just try to to get things going, and I and I think it backfired because I think it really kind of just got the Islanders going because next thing you know they had what two goals in like what sixteen seconds so it didn't exactly work but you know, what a way to make his National Hockey League debut. All right, now I, I mentioned about a famous person that didn't do himself proud. Okay, so St. John's played uh, Seton Hall yesterday. I believe that at one point St. John's was up by twenty two, and Seton Hall just came out in the second half and was on fire and they won the game and St. John's season has, has essentially slipped away so much promise for this team you know Rick Pitino's first year you know overturning the roster recruiting everybody only keeping Joel Soriano all of that and they've, they've been terrible they, so any chance they have I would think of making the um, the NCAA with an at-large is gone the only way they'll make it is if they win the Big East, and I don't think they will. That being said, at the after the game, Patino, I mean, threw everybody on Utopia Parkway under the bus. Everybody. We have, I'm not going to say the word he used, we have crappy facilities. The players aren't tough. They're not my type of players. We were, you know, we recruited the, well, you recruited them, Rick. You did. I mean, he, he almost hinted it was his assistants. You're the one who signed off on all these guys. So they're not aggressive, athletic sort of guys. He complete all these kids that are on his team. He got rid of all the scholarship athletes except for Soriano. Got rid of all of them. Brought in a whole new bunch of people, and they failed miserably, and he's blaming them. You brought them in. It wasn't like you inherited them. The ones you inherited, you got rid of. You told them to go someplace else. And the funny part is, the ones that you told to go someplace else, they're actually playing well with other schools. It was not a good look. I don't know how uh, in-depth you guys read of what Patino said. I mean, listen listen to this. He goes, look. We have it. I believe we have the sound. I heard it this morning. uh, Real quick. Do you want to play this piece? I don't know if this is the same piece I'm talking about where he talks about everyone being slow and weak. Let's listen. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. It's been that way the year, but we came out in the second half and we knew they would come after us, but you have to move the ball and we just took four minutes of rush shots. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we 
lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. I think they're very respectful. Oh they hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me a oh month boy. to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. I was thinking of getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown could definitely beat us. I'm not even thinking of the future at all. I'm just thinking of the next game and the next game and the next game and that's it. Just try to get as many wins as you possibly can. Oh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry. This is going to sound, what I'm going to say is going to sound extremely harsh, but is that's the world we're in right now in this, give this moment. He should retire. You should resign. Uh, honestly, to, to talk that way about a group of kids that you went out and got kids, by the way, to, to, to me, it says you're not ready to do this anymore. I'm sure it'll be really interesting to see, Michael, whether an apology follows. And he says, you know, I went way too far. I was frustrated. I'm upset. And, 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 and Michael, I think that would end up then being the biggest sorry doesn't fix the lamp of all time. I mean, to be disappointed and to want to really make your team feel it, I totally get it. And I think there can be a place for that in college sports. I, to, me, that, to me, that reeks of a guy who's done. Or desperate, you know, because, you know, stand through the hourglass, he's, you know, he's, he's in his 70s. He took this job. You know, he, he thought for a long time he was never going to get, you know, another big job after what transpired at Louisville. And then he went to, you know, he went to Greece. Then he got the Iona job, which is probably a better job for him because in this world of NIL now, where it's one and transfer, one and transfer, how much can you give me, agents and all that, he's never going to have guys that stick around for three or four years like Billy Donovan where he can turn them into the player that he wants. He's going to have to microwave teams. I don't know if that works with what he does. Well, here's the thing. If If he's not exaggerating the situation and these guys cannot move laterally, they're unathletic, they're uncoachable because if it takes two months to teach a bounce pass and you can't do it and it's late February, it's not going to work. These aren't guys that are going to transfer anywhere, and these aren't guys that are going to get drafted in the NBA. They will stay for four years. But that's not what St. John signed up for. Because otherwise, why didn't you stay in Iona? I mean, St. John doesn't want a program where they're going to recruit athletes and they're going to stay till their senior year. They want to recruit athletes that are going to be one and done so this team can compete for a national championship. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen because he didn't recruit players like that. If they're unathletic, where are they going? They're not going to transfer to a big-time school to win a championship. They're not good enough. He'll tell them to to leave, just like he told the players from the previous team to leave. All right, but then it's on him to recruit better players. But this is on him. He recruited these players, Don. That's why it's an awful look for him. So he doesn't have an eye for talent. And which which is ridiculous because that's half the job in college basketball is to be able to recruit talent. And it's you know this is a guy that coached in Greece. He wants to coach. He wants to teach players. But that's not what St. John signed up for. Guys that are going to be taught to be better by their senior year. Then you do that at Fordham. You do that at Iona. You do that at Marist. You don't do it at St. John. St. John's didn't hire him to be able to groom athletes for four years. He 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 hoped to get Rick Pitino to be able to get the best athletes to play at St. John's and it could be for a national championship. Neither is going to happen here. The only thing that I could say that would give St. John's fans some hope, he has failed or struggled in his first year every place he's gone. Boston University, Providence, Kentucky, Louisville. Look up the stats. Every first year, the second year, they got exponentially better. But here's my one worry that I would tell St. John's fans – it's a different world, man. And I think it's starting to sink in to Rick Patino. This is not the same college where he excelled in Louisville and Kentucky. Did, did he ever melt down this badly, though, on I don't remember. Like that? I mean, with Boston, remember, he said, 
you know, somebody's not walking through that door or something like that. Well, yeah, of course. The Lair- it was about Bird and McHale or yeah, something. Yeah, Bird and McHale aren't walking through that door. And that was after, you know, he lost the, the lottery to get Tim Duncan. I, otherwise, he could probably still be at Boston with plenty of championships. But this is such a bad look for a guy who's considered by many one of the greatest coaches ever, ever in any sport. And for him to lay into his players like this, they're slow lateral. I mean, these are kids. You recruited them. If I was a parent of one of these kids, I go, "You, how dare you say that about my son? How well, and, dare and, and, you completely eviscerate him?" I just, I, I'm so. When you think about what great coaches do, you don't think about in this setting. I mean, he literally said, "There's no, he's not, no hope for the future, no hope with this group because they're just not talented." It's one thing, Michael. If the entire point had been effort, if he had just crushed them effort wise. I'm disgusted by the effort. He right. did the worst thing you could do. He said it wasn't effort. They're just not talented. Yeah. They're just yeah, not talented. That's who's crazy. that on then? That's on it's him. On, it's on him. But that's it's on why him. it doesn't make sense what he said. He, he's right. indicting himself. Yeah, because there's no general manager. He recruited these players. They didn't all of a sudden become unathletic. So remember, this is a guy yeah, crazy. two weeks ago who said that college basketball needs a salary cap. I'm telling you, and I said it at the time, he's getting a, a front row seat that this act doesn't work. What he does best is not actually uh, benefiting from the way college sports are now. I mean, 17-year-old kids coming with an agent. How much you giving me? I mean, St. John's does have a huge endowment. Well, is that, I mean, they, that, they have Mike Rapole, but he, he's not going to continue to give billions of well, dollars. The bottom line is... It's tough for a school like St. John's, even in the old days. That's why when Louie got Mark Jackson and Mike Moses and, and Chris Mullen and Bill Wennington and Walter Berry, it was amazing. It was an amazing team because St. John's is really a small school that's buoyed up by the fact that it's in the Big East. But now UConn's in the Big East. Do you see what UConn did to, to the number four ranked Marquette? They destroyed them. So St. John's has no chance to, to, to compete against a UConn. They just don't. And then you throw your players under the bus. It's an awful, awful look for Rick Pitino. And I wonder today, after what he said, it's like it almost he almost put his hands up. It's not me. I'm still a great coach, but I can't even right. keep some like bounce pass. So, but, so I, I guess you're you're not you're admitting you're not a great recruiter. That you're just a coach. Oh, so who? What was his end game here? Like, what was the message? Like, I don't if he was know. a professional coach, you'd say he's going after the GM. He's going after the owner of the team. I need more money. I need. I need better players. You're the one that picked the players. So, and you're not criticizing yourself. I mean, is he going after the alumni? Is he asking for for more money? Like, what? What? What's the end game here? Because there's not anybody in their right mind who's going to say, "Yeah, we feel bad for you, coach." Yeah, he's the. We made this bed. And also, what, who's sending? Who's going to St. John's next year? Who's he going to entice to come if you're going to get ripped like that? As Peter said, if he said they're not trying, okay, then kids deserve to be ripped because the one thing you can control is effort. He's saying they're not good. Not good. They're not good. They can't move laterally. They don't know how to throw bounce pass. You're completely embarrassing and neutering 18, 19-year-olds. Right. Well, he's saying they're unathletic and uncoachable. Awful. Because if it takes two look, months Rick. to teach a bounce pass, then obviously that. Uh, so he's insulting their intelligence. He's insulting their athletic ability. He's the one that chose the player. I don't get the end game. Like unless it just there was no end game. It was just uh, talking at ext- extemporaneously. No, you know what, how the bad the situation is, is? Defending himself. I'm still great. But nobody's ever going to believe that because part of being a college basketball coach is to recruit. 
But he's and to, trying to protect the fact that he's a great coach. And I can't coach these guys. They're just not good. And again, as oh, you said, man. Don, you brought him in. You brought him in. Really, really. I mean, he's had some black marks in his career with what happened in Louisville. This is not a great, this is not a great day for Rick Pitino. Not a great day. And I'm the biggest fan of him as a basketball coach. I think he's a genius. This was not oh. genius what he said yesterday. And losing the seat. And, if, and he said, if Georgetown could beat us, if Georgetown comes in and beats you, you got a real problem. Georgetown's not good. I, I'm so confused. Yeah, it's so odd, right, Peter? I mean, I, I've seen coaches melt down before. But is there anybody that's going to walk away from these words and say, yeah, I, re- I really feel bad for Rick. He's such a great coach, and he can't coach these players. He, it makes him look bad. Even if it's defending his coaching, Michael, part of being a college basketball coach is your ability to recruit, your ability to t- make something out of nothing, to mold players. He chose these players. He can't coach them? Peter, let's all calm down. Please. Get a nice, refreshing dip in the, in the bath. Can we? <laughs> yes. All right. Well, since you said it, Michael, let's have ourselves a conversation. Let's talk about Bath Fitter, shall we? Uh, Peter Rosenberg here. And let me tell you about Bath Fitter. They did a great job with mine. My bath was customized for the needs I had and requested. The process was easy. One expert installer done in a day. It's not a demo. It's not a mess. There's, it's, it's, it's a permanent high quality solution is what it is with a lifetime guarantee. Three million happy customers like me for a limited time get 0% interest or save $500. On a complete bath fitter system. Start designing your bath today. I do bathfitterdesign.com. There is only one bath fitter. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. 6.30, Larry Hardesty takes over, and Larry will be uh, on the air from 6.30 till 9. Ray Row. So definitely right. tune in for Larry. Grasso is in for Rick today. 
Yes, he was. So, so Rick was, was off. Little, yeah. And Han's on vacation. A lot of things going on. We're, we're, I think we're the only show uh, intact, right? This yeah, because it was um, Pat O'Keefe and, and Bart uh, Scott. Yep. It was Dan Grassa and uh, Dave. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. And then well, today uh, Gordon's is- also on vacation, so it's just Larry. Listen, this is it. Well, listen, I got to tell you something. Today is a wacky thing. You guys may not be familiar with it. Get ready. This is a wacky thing called a uh, national holiday. Yes, but they're off all week. Yeah, but they're on vacation, Peter. So thanks for playing. Well, hold on. But a lot of times people take vacations around national holidays. Kids are off except, school. Except this You get show. a three-day weekend. So were no, you off from show. Hot 97 today? Oh, of course. No, I've been off every President's Day of my entire career. You know what? We like working here, okay? It's a big day. Is that it? I want to work. No, this is a... I want to work. I would have... I'm like done. I would have been backed up if I didn't have... Really? If I didn't have my take. I would have been fine. Wouldn't have thought anything of it. All right. That said, but you know the NFL's going to be, you know, either adding a game or delaying the start to their season so that the Super Bowl will be played the Sunday before President's Day. You're going to take off the day after the Super Bowl? I've been been rooting for that. What a great point by you, Don. Well, no, I've been. It's not really that great a point. I openly said. La- I, I wish you listened to the words I said the day after the Super Bowl. I got on the air and said, "When are they switching this with no, next week?" Uh, I, so I, it I, could I, be a holiday. That's not what he just said. Would you then want no, no, to be he, off after the Super Bowl? Is well, what he obviously, said. obviously not. But okay, really, so it's not about honoring presidents. You just want the day off. Honoring presidents. <laughs> what? Are you, because you, if, you if, the, if the Super Bowl was played yesterday, you wouldn't even think about asking for today off. That is true. No, I wouldn't. You're right, Hunter. I would absolutely think it makes sense to want to talk about sports the day after the so Super Bowl. So it's not versus... about the, the national holiday per se, right? So it's very no, fluid. You're just feeling there's saying. not a lot to sink wait, your wait, teeth wait. into. Your love for the president no, is no. fluid. My love for presidents is fluid. It's non-existent. I, I, what do you mean? I don't want to. You, you think I'm making a cake for George Washington today? What well, you should. He's the father of our country. I, I, well, I'm not. He's not getting a cake. So I'm sorry. No one. I don't know one person who has celebrated, who actually celebrates the birth of the presidents. Well, it's That's actually not a for two presidents. It's Washington and Lincoln. Right. And two they, of them. They're not nobody. We used to have no, two they're days off, and now they fused it. Yeah, yeah and see I, that, and and ESPN went a step further. They said let's double fuse it into nothing. Let's yeah, go to not, Bill. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not uh, celebrating Taft and Cl- Grover yeah. Well, well, what about Taft Day? I, I would love Taft Day. <laughs> Bill in New Jersey. Bill, Michael, Peter, Don, thanks for taking my call. And sorry to interrupt this uh, conversation about the presidents and no, everything. But go uh, for what you need. Uh, but the reason I called, I can't believe you guys seem surprised by Patino. I mean, the guy is not an honorable guy. His history shows you that Louisville, he got involved with womanizing. And you talked about it on your show before. Last year, I will never take another job. Iona was the only one that would interview me. Right. I just, I just don't think he's a good guy. Well, I mean, you could say it's a, it's a, a fair good, argument. You could, you could say that, Bill, and obviously you've got the receipts to back it up. But he's not dumb. Now, he's 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 hurting his cause by ripping his own players. You know what he did in the past. You know, so he said, "I'd never leave Iona." This is our last job. He lied. Obviously, what happened in Louisville got him suspended. I get all of that, and and it was eventually rescinded, but. Ripping your own players is—I've never heard him do that, ever. These guys can't move laterally; 
that I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Frank in Sarasota. It was rough. Hey, Michael, have you have you ever seen Rick Pitino before this? Yes. When he said Larry Bird, when he said Larry Bird is not walking through the door anymore. Yeah, you, can't we, we just Mike Beca- you can't read Mike Vaccaro and start ripping the man. Do you understand? Whatever Mike Vaccaro says is in gospel. Do you understand that, Michael? What but we played the about? audio. We played the audio. We played the audio. I, 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 before uh, Mike, he said the well, words. Thought, uh, by the way, I thought Mike's column was really strong. So you don't think that what Patino did was wrong. I'm not sure where you're going. What he's been doing this for twenty. He's been doing this for twenty five so years. So even you're, you're if he's been doing it for twenty five years, is it right that he did it again? Oh, he, but the thing is, you're acting like you're acting like it's so out of character, and your screener says, "Oh, well, he's doing it to eighteen, nineteen year old kids." There's no more amateur athletics. Okay, as soon as his nil came in, that's out the door. Well, he's been hold doing on. This how many? How many years, of the kids? Now you, question, now you say, "Oh, he's terrible. He's terrible." Well, you know what? By the way, by the way, what a weak, what a weak, what a weak argument. First of all, tell me oh, how many? So how, you are the worst. How many of the kids you on St. John's? Shut your day. You shut up and listen. Shut up and listen, dude. I. I get it. I get it. You're a right winger. You hate me. You hate me. I get it. You you have to hate me. But tell me who's making the money. Who's making all the big NIL money on St. John's, bud? Yeah, all right. All right. Tell you me who's be... making the money. Who is the rich kid on St. John's? But, well, wait, wait a second, friend. Let me just ask you one question without screaming back and forth. You think that what Patino did was right yesterday? Never said that, Michael. Okay, I never so, but said what's that. your I'm argument, bud? I don't get it. What's your I'm, argument? I'm saying it's not out of character. You guys are acting like this is breaking news. When did he ever rip uh, college players? I don't ever recall that at Louisville, at, at Providence. When did he ever come he out? Ripped, he had an Egyptian player. He had an Egyptian player. He ripped. He does this all the time. He tells it like it is, and now you guys want to stand the guy. He in calls the back. him talentless. He calls his players talentless. So Frank, you're okay with what he said because he's done it before. That, that I just want to be clear what you're saying. You're okay with what he said. I never said that. I said the guy. The guy's a winner. He's the greatest coach of all time. But you just said you he's telling that. it like. Wait, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. He's telling it like it is. He's saying telling like it is. So you obviously agree with it. Didn't he recruit these players? I'm not saying. Listen. He wasn't. It was a bit. It was tactless. What What I am saying though is that he has been doing this forever, and all of a sudden you got Vicaro writing an article. You got all due all due respect. I, I'm I'm friends with Mike Vicaro. You think that I'm doing my show off of something that Mike Vicaro wrote before that column even came out today? I planned to talk about Rick Pitino. When I saw the quotes, I thought it was wrong. So I don't know exactly where Frank is going. We know, okay, he hates Peter. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get that. Uh, but he, he's like talking out of both sides of his mouth. So he's done it all. He's done it before. So he's done it before. That means it's okay. And these well, kids are not amateurs. We're not saying that they are. But none of them are, are so highly but, but, recruited that they're getting paid a lot of money from but NIL. But that's my point. That's such a, first of all, when you said the words all due respect, all due respect. And I believe the due respect based on his tone from the second he called to the moment that he went off on me when all I did was open my mouth. The due respect is zero. You gave zero respect. You deserve zero respect. We kept you on the phone for too long. He also said that Rick Pitino is the greatest coach of all time. Patently false. Not not true. That is not a factual. He's in the discussion as one of the greatest technical coaches of all time. A lot of people are in the discussion, but he's not the you can't just objectively say he's the greatest coach of all time. I'm sorry. But beyond that, 
the, the whole NIL argument is silly. So now that there are the opportunity exists for college players to make some money, which, by the way, they're long overdue because that exists in every situation. You can no longer treat these guys like kids. They have to all be treated like professionals who are making millions of dollars? That's but, what I'm but, saying. You know, Peter, a, you don't even treat professionals the way he treated these kids. No, no, no one would talk about a professional team like that. So, But, but that was the argument he was making. These kids somehow deserve to be called talentless? I have never heard a coach speak like that. And I've, we've all followed Rick Pitino forever. You, maybe there's a time we all know, great, he said, Bird and McHale aren't walking through that door. And that is in itself an indictment of talent. But to, that was about the Celtics. But to yeah. say that about college kids, that they're talentless, they're hopeless, and, and, you, and you just, you're okay with that? Because well, he's John, done it before? John and Rockland. John? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, John. Uh, just to- I want to just throw something in here with, with, with Patino, too, here. I agree with you 100%. But I think the proof in the pudding is going to be year two because he didn't recruit these players. They were all that was available after he got hired in the transfer portal. So he kind of hedges his bet and says, yeah, not my type of player. Uh, I, could, I didn't recruit these. These are not the style I'm going to recruit. Let's give them a year and let's see what he brings in next year if they're more athletic, if they have – you know, can move laterally, et cetera. But I couldn't agree more. These are kids. My, I have a kid that plays in uh, college basketball, albeit a female. But if my coach called her out like that and said all the things about him, I'd like to punch him right in the nose. I'm surprised, John, that and we don't know what's going on behind closed doors, and we thank you for the call, that one of these parents doesn't call him up. How dare you, man? And, you know, you could say he got the job late, whatever the case may be. He made a big deal of how he, he was tirelessly recruiting, and he brought all these kids in. They, he, was, he was making them out to be great, that they, they, St. John's is going to be a contender. They're not a contender. They've lost uh, incredibly terrible losses. I mean, you're up by 22 to Seton Hall. Seton Hall was on the bubble of whether or not they were going to get an at-large bid, and they come back and and they beat you when you're up by 22 points? And this isn't an isolated incident. This has happened throughout the last month. They've been playing awful. Awful. I'm sorry. I mean... I, I'm still like confused about what that guy was saying uh, about Mike Vaccaro and you know, just because Mike Vaccaro wrote Mike Vaccaro's column in the Post, can I, which is I, online I can right it, now, is great. But I mean, that's, it, that didn't spur us to talk about this. My 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 guess would be is that guy doesn't believe the media is real. He doesn't believe in articles. Up, uh, Don, can you mark it down again? I'm not saying everyone who loves me is the best, but I will say that most people who hate me are the worst. Right, my Don, just check it down on the list. It, well, it's not everybody, but well, it's certainly, common. certainly for the way he went after you. But he originally went after Michael. I don't think no, that no, was no, politically no. But he, what I'm, no, I don't even mean that though. What I, the way he, but the way he talked to Michael oh, yeah. was rude from the very well, beginning. He, he, Everything he, he said was rude and pompous well, listen, and obnoxious. I, I know the strategy. He was a Patino guy, but he realizes you can't defend what Patino said even if you're a Patino guy, so go after us for, come on, we've seen this before, like it's okay that he does this because he's such a great coach. But he he he, he dropped his shield when he when he was talking, you know, telling the truth about the player. He's a Patino guy. And fine, you want to be a Patino guy? Great, you can't defend what he said. You can't defend how he acted yesterday. And and Don and Peter, you might, I, I'm a Patino guy when it comes to being a basketball coach. I mean, the other stuff is indefensible, but I, I think he's just an extraordinary basketball mind. And for him to do this, it makes him look bad. He's, he's above this when it comes to being a basketball mind. 
to, to rip kids like that. They don't, they, I can't call, you, you recruited them, whether you recruited them late or not, you and your assistants went out and recruited them. And go read all the stories that were written back then, how tremendous it was, what you did, and how, I mean, tireless. They never went to sleep. They kept bringing in kids, oh, please. And then, if you, if you really want to have an indictment of Rick, take a look at the players that he told the team, get lost. I don't want you on this team anymore. And see what they're doing now with other schools. They're actually playing quite well. So that's not, that's not a great look for him. So you got rid of kids that are actually playing well with other schools, and you brought in kids now that you say can't play. Who's that on? Them or you? I think it's on you. It's crazy. And, I'm, and, and pardon me, I don't think you just accept it because the guy's generally been good. That's why to me, I've heard Patino say a lot of things over the years. To me, the first thing it struck me with was maybe he's done. To, to, to resort to that, I get being frustrated, but my God, man, there's no coming back from that. That, that team cannot listen to you the rest of the year. You're not winning them over again no, by saying, hey, let's get better effort. Next year. That's why. It's all, they're gone. All new players no, they're, they're, this season, their season ended yesterday. They're done. And I think he knows that, and, and, and we'll see what happens during the offseason. Hey, when I'm getting ready for a game, I have to be prepared. I have my lineup cards, the latest team stats, and, of course, my mug of Bigelow tea. For me, it's Bigelow Earl Grey with a smooth taste that keeps my voice in peak condition, even when the game goes into extra innings. I refuse to settle, and neither should you. No matter how hectic your day gets, grab your favorite Bigelow tea and take a moment just for you. So grab a mug of your favorite Bigelow tea and join the millions of fans that make Bigelow number one in New York. Bigelow tea, the official hot tea of the New York Yankees. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. God. You have made no good points, Peter. You're so right, Michael. I think you made some salient points. Yeah, because you're an ass. How many chances you get, in the words of Don, if you're Sean Marks? I mean, this is going to be the fifth coach under his watch. This is nice, delicious karma for getting rid of Kenny Atkinson when you never should have. That was the coach you should have stayed with. And I think that Vaughn, I'm not saying that he was red or back, but I think he's a victim of a really shoddy roster that's kind of been thrown together and is not performing, and the injury to Ben Simmons certainly hurts. So they're using a scapegoat, and the scapegoat is Jock Vaughn. But when does Sean Marks get some? And I, I think Sean Marks, for the most part is a smart basketball guy but boy he's had a lot of things backfire on him and who you bringing in now you bringing in jeff van gundy are you bringing in a big name to excite a fan base that has nothing i'm not sure well you're bringing in kevin ollie so he won the 2014 ncaa championship with uconn uh and this is his first year as an assistant with the Nets. so they elevate him for the remainder of the season so that's coach number five and if he doesn't get the full-time job next year and you still have Sean Marks as the head guy. That's six coaches in six years. It's unbelievable. Mm. Who gets that? Who gets six coaches in six years? 
But like I said earlier, that's kind of like what happened with Charles Wong with the Islanders and Mike Milbury. It's just that he trusts Marks, and he's going to allow him to just basically have a job for life. Eventually, Milbury resigned. That's what it'll probably take for Marks. Because how much basketball does Joe Sy know, or does he know all his basketball through Marks? Marks is telling this the way it's got to be. I mean, who gets five kicks at the can like that? And this is a big hire, Michael. A really big one. Yeah, and and they got work to do too. They've, a they've lot got of work. Con- they've got to convince Mikael Bridges to stay, and if, if he and if he's not going to stay, you got to get the most you can for for him. Let's go to Savvy in Harrisburg. Savvy. Yes, sir, Mike. I agree with all three of you. Patino has, has no business doing this to these kids that he brought in there. But how do you think I feel as a Villanova grad? He beat Villanova twice this year. So what has happened to my team? Well, obviously you've got the radio on. But Savvy, I think what happened to your team is Jay Wright got out when the getting was good. Yeah, yeah. He knew that with the, the new landscape of college basketball, uh, the strength of Jay Wright, his guys stayed three or four years. They all did, and they became great basketball players. And you you could see how that manifests itself with them playing in the NBA. I mean, Jalen Brunson was there. Uh, DiVincenzo was there. Uh, Mikel Bridges was there. Uh, Josh Hart was there. He got to coach people. He saw what the NIL and uh, the Wild West um, – way of, of, of the NCAA. He, he got out. He got out at the right time. You can't say huh. that he was done coaching. He knew that that was it. Kyle Neptune, uh, it, unfortunately, he had that one good year at Fordham, and he was probably not ready to take over Big East program at this point, and that's what's wrong with your program right now. But the thing that's surprising, Michael, this guy loves to coach. This guy went and coached in Greece, went to Iona. You're talking about well, Rick. Rick, well, what, right. what, what pressure is he feeling? that he has to go scorched earth on his players like that. I think everybody kind of under... Listen, it's a bad run that they're on right now, but I think people understand it. And as you said, he's always had that tough first year, and then he turns it around. Why now, all of a sudden, at this stage of his career, he decides to go scorched earth on his players like this? You knew it was going to take some time. Why now? And if he's he's that sensitive about it, then why didn't he just go into television like uh, Saban did in college football... Call a career. Let's go to Kevin in Richmond. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. What's I think, up, um, I think Rick Pitino's trying to talk himself out of a job. I think he's got something up his sleeve, and they, he wants St. John's to release him. Oh, maybe he wants the net job. Uh, you, I mean, it's, only, it's <laughs> the only reason to say that. You know what, Kev, though? Uh, what you're saying is not crazy, but the way college sports is, he can just get up and leave anyway. I mean, they, yep. they don't hold you to contract. So if he has a job from, you know, like an ACC team or an SEC team, he can he can just go. Like he even even said, St. John, I, I know our facilities are crappy, but they're getting better. But the, he, I mean, you you mean the facilities are the reason that they can't throw bounce passes? The facilities are the reason that they can't move laterally? No, you're the reason. You recruited them. You're not able to reach them. You're not you're not speaking their language. You're just not. We'll see. The second year, he always turns turns it up. Let's see if he turns it up. Although, he did have a good first year at Iona. And that might have been the best place for him. No pressure. You go to the NCAA. Last year, he actually fought UConn for the first half. And then UConn blew him out and blew out everybody yeah. and won the championship. Maybe maybe that was the best place for him. Little engine that could. Now, St. John's, you're talking all tough. And you're, you're the great Rick Pitino. You're going to bring it back to Luke Corner second days. It doesn't seem like it. 
Really odd. Very odd. It's it's not Patino like us. With all of his mistakes, he's always been shrewd. I just I just wonder what his end game was. I know what our end game is. The way we finish each show with ENN. Oh yeah, that's coming up in just a moment. But first, Don has something to say. In 2024, you get more at Ramsey Mazda, more selection and more savings for a limited time. They'll waive the first lease payment, lease a new 2024 Mazda CX-30 for just $189 a month, and now get your first lease payment on them. At Ramsey Mazda Route 17 North in Ramsey, choose wisely, choose Ramsey Mazda. Call 833-853-2970 for lease details. Excludes tax, title, and registration. Zero security deposit. Then RM636-80. MSRP 26445 ends 229.24. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.